Hey fam, Patrick here. We are so excited to drop episode one of our coverage of Lula Rich right here ad-free in the regular TCO feed. This is a series from our Patreon feed. It's four episodes. All episodes are available right now and ad-free on our Patreon patreon.com slash truecupobsessed or go to our website and click on the Patreon link. You guys, Lula Rich has to be one of the most highly requested series we've ever covered. It's all about the stinky fart leggings and the MLM and the TikTok cult clock of it all. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you're about to find out. Anyway, enjoy the episode. I'll see you at the end. Get into the Lula Rich. Well, here we are, girl. The most highly requested series we've ever done, and I feel like you and I are going to fight the whole time. <laughs> Look, it's going to be four weeks of the patriarchy, of yeah. misogyny, the toxic culture of girl bossery, all because of like ugly leggings with hamburgers on the vagina. So everyone, you wanted it. Buckle up, pull over, whatever you got to do. Let's roll. Lula Rich, episode one. <laughs> Hamburgers on the vagina. Hi, Patrick Hines. I'm oh sorry. Oh my I'm god. Still... Well, listen. We open on some fancy pillows and some hot mics. Nothing happens on the hot mic. Nothing scandalous. But I was waiting for it. Like we just see the chairs and we hear the mics. And I was like, why don't people know about this? Look at you. I'm so glad you just are the man that knows all the stuff. Okay. Hey, we're going to work, babe. Oh yeah. Look at you. I'm just so glad that you're a man and you know all the stuff. <laughs> says Deanne of Deanne and Mark. And then she's like screaming about the tassels on the car. Like they're very nervous. The whole thing about like what's happening here is they are very nervous. So they're sitting down. She's deflecting attention any way she can. She's, she's messing... trying to fix the rug and yeah. with those stupid shoes and all. Like she's obsessed with that rug. And then she's yelling at the director. She's like, I'm. I don't know where I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. Look at me, and by looking at me, you're gonna look right into the camera. <laughs> I do this sometimes. I don't know if anyone else has experience in this, but when you try really hard to be nice to someone. Uh-huh that you're murderous about uh-huh because she's like i don't know where i'm looking and the person's like if you look right here if you look at me it means you're yeah. also looking at the camera okay <laughs> and it's just like we haven't even started yet like they haven't even started and these filmmakers are like what have we gotten ourselves you can into? feel the tension on the other side of the camera and then the two people here mike and deanne they start holding hands but the holding hands every time you see it turns into like a fucking tug of war it's, it's not soothing or loving or comfortable why did they agree to this? They hate each other, to which I say, yes. same. <laughs> All I want to do is stop podcasting and join an MLM. No, you don't. You say that. You have no patience for any of it. You think you want to count inventory and like go through invoices? Give me a fucking break. You don't. You have no interest in this at all. You want to be right at the top and for yes. five minutes and then be done with it. Look, I am really motivated by the sales aspects. I think I'd be really good at it. I understand how in intoxicating it can be to like make $10 on something. Like I really get that. Uh-huh. She said okay. what she said. Oh, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> So right at the top, we learn what we're about to talk about is a big fucking pyramid scheme. Well, yeah, it's an MLM. Also, so this these like three to five minutes of this coming up on very intense. We see the entire four episodes in three minutes. But you know, my favorite line in the entire coming up on the one of the women goes, the whole house smelled like the dead fart leggings. Like it was so bad. Dead fart (laughs) leggings. Oh, that's Roberta. Whole time. She's the she's a major player on this. 
Um, but we see all of these like social media videos of uh-huh. Deanne, who's like the main woman here. The camera is so close to her face. You can't even see her whole face. You see her eyes and her nose and she's screaming about how you're not trying hard enough. I'm just so upset because my business can't succeed because I don't have leggings to take care of all my customers. Well, guess what? Then you're obviously in the wrong business. Put the camera away. I can't see you. What am I looking at? Oh, God. Here's my question. Before we go any farther, I'm just going to ask you now, is it possible to start with good intentions and create, like, a pyramid scheme by accident? Look, we ask this question a lot with cults. Like, did you always want to be the rapey murder cult? Like, did it start there? Or did you just start, like, I'm going to trick these people? No, because I don't even think it started as tricking these people. I I believe them when they say it was a money-making opportunity for them and for the people that they were, like, bringing into the pyramid. No, I I don't really buy that. That. I I'm, I I believe that there's a point that you realize what's happening, but like, yeah. would you even know how to start a pyramid scheme? You think they're smarter than us? No way. Yeah, but they did Amway. They've been in this biz. Right. They've been around the block. <laughs> there's a lot of like passive voice here. Like this all just happened to me. And there's a lot of like, well, we ran the numbers, but they don't say what the numbers are. Like it's uh-huh. all, the lots of plausible deniability, things that are just vague enough and just specific enough. Uh-huh. And just, I think they knew. But I don't that like comes them. with time. I think that look at some point you're like fuck we're gonna go down for this eventually like you know my biggest fear in life is like steve not paying enough taxes by accident and then like 30 years from now we get arrested on tax evasion take everything i want nothing i just want to sit in a booth and scream at your face i don't need to be paid for it if that's your biggest fear you married the right person also you love him but like steve would never (laughs) love is secondary keep me out of prison that's my number one steve and i have discussed our views on taxes and how Uh early to pay taxes and always (laughs) overestimate so like i I know. I know you know your husband better than anybody, but I'm saying if that's your biggest fear, you married a good one. He's a keeper, that's Steve. Steve, I've been incarcerated. Oh, my God. Uh, Steve. We're going to the LuLaRue home office, Corona, California. I wrote, these two idiots are Deanne and Mark Stidham. Stidham? Stidham. Uh, it's it's LuLaRue. I don't think I don't expect you to say it right every time. I'm just going to correct say? you. LuLaRue. Oh, which is oh like, wait. LuLaRue is, was the name of the Golden Girls Cafe that they built up in uh, Washington Heights that existed for a while. It was called oh LuLaRue. God. Yeah. Or maybe it was called LuLaRue. I can't remember. But it was like Rue McClane. Hand donated all of her like costumes and shit and they opened up a cafe that lasted like up until the pandemic. I can't believe oh you don't God. know about this. I can't believe I don't know about it either. Maybe yeah. it just got lost in this weird brain of mine. I feel like it's something <laughs> we discussed and then it just yeah. left. LuLaRoe, I'll get there. So Deanne and Mark, two idiots, very excited to tell their side of the story. When Mark and I met, I was raising seven kids and being a single mother and going through divorce. Oh, I wrote, whoa, like holy fucking shit. Seven yeah. fucking children children oh my god well that's not nearly enough because in 1995 (laughs) she's waiting for a plane ticket on standby we don't know how where or why uh she got the last seat she sits next to mark bada bing bada boom they're in love do you not believe this origin story there's a lot in Deanne's origin story that I don't believe for a second, but I just don't know. Oh, like, okay, I, I'm sure she was on a plane, right. but it's just weird. Like, she has seven kids, single mother. She tells a story about how she right. buy one hamburger from McDonald's and split it among the eight of them. Yet she's on a plane. I'm sure you do what you have to do. I'm just very interested. 
If you're going you know to tell what? the story, Deanne, let's tell the story. You know what you I'm saying? You make a lot of good points, Pensavali, I'm going to say. That's what we pay you for. So they're married 23 years. They have 14 children. That's right, everybody listening oh at home. Oh, my God. One, four, 14. They're Mormons. Yeah. But they're not all biological kids. And I want to say when we get there, they really cared about like adopting kids and giving them a better life. And I don't know. They seem like good parents. Like You had me at adoption a little bit. And it's hard for me to be like, well, they're but they're bad people. Well, yeah. I, we didn't even get to the leggings. I don't, okay. you know. Okay. Um, so Deanne has seven kids. She adopted three from Romania. She has four biological children. Mark had four children, but 11 kids, child's play. That's nothing. Let's get some more. So they they like go down this list of, of names. They can't even keep track of the names. Kenny is married to Jill and they have four children. Then there's Amelia married to Justin. Nicole and Jeff have four. Then comes Jordan and Cassie. After that is... Was Alec? Oh, was it Morgan? So Morgan is his daughter. No kids yet. I resent it. Every time they mention one of their children who's yes. married and they don't have kids, there's like a beat and some shade and a look and I don't like it. <laughs> no, they love their children in the order of who has the most kids. Also, right. there's 14 kids here, not a single gay, though the statistics tell us it's uh, like one in seven. So we'll get back to that. But also two right. of their children fell in love with each other. <laughs> As Mark says, So out yeah, of our 14 because... children, two of them are married. <laughs> Out of our 14 children, two of them are married. Record scratch. <laughs> Hold on. Can we hear that one more time, yeah. Matt, please? <laughs> so out of our Only 14 children, two of them are married. <laughs> You know what? I'm okay with this. Like, one of them is adopted. One of them is their... Did we say full-blooded? Is that what they said? One of them is their biological children. I just wrote down they're not related by blood. Full-blooded <laughs> is super... What are we, Nazis? Uh, no. The purest blood of all or whatever? But they like, say mm. that, like, they never lived in the same house. Like, they met. They didn't know each other that well. They fell in love. Everyone's okay with it, including me. But I do love that the parents have a sense of humor about it, where they're like, the wedding invitation says... We announce the marriage of our daughter... To, to the our son, son of. <laughs> and then they say, you know what, you guys? The odds aren't bad. We got 14 kids and only two of them married each other. <laughs> Jillian, I'm charmed by these people so I far. I am very much not. Deanne <laughs> keeps talking herself into corners and she's like, anyway, it's awesome. No, it's not. <laughs> I, it's just like it's just oh, it's a whole fucking lot and then like into the Mormonism Listen, we I'm go I'm sorry that I have to bring this up already but if we were talking about the gifting tables I would have been a dessert all day every day I was born for this life <laughs> I think it's a very nice fantasy but when you realize that you have to have boxes and boxes of leggings you're you will lose interest as, as quickly as you dove into it maybe at this point in my life but like if I was like as broke as I was when I was 20 and someone was like here's like 10 boxes of leggings that all your girlfriends are gonna like go sell them and make money I would have done it and been the best at it we're gonna get into why that is not how it works because you okay. need money to make you need <laughs> yes. it's not yes. it's not like someone down on their luck and poor this is built for the privileged and it's ridiculous okay but I'm not I want to go on the record I'm not just saying I'd be good at this because of the money there are some of these real whatever you call them the people who sell the stuff what are their name what do you call them like retailers or sellers yeah they are into the work ethic they are motivated by like the opportunity to like to sell and that's me like you know me I'm like that 
I'm not saying that you'd be bad at it. I think this is going to sound so trite and like I'm lying, but I'm not. I think you would kill anything you put your mind to. Like, I Aww. think you would destroy it. If true, like, if that's something that you want to do and you feel the passion for it, clearly it's why we're all here. But you have not watched all four episodes, right? Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. I am going to, listeners, don't get mad. I have thoughts. <laughs> I have feelings. I'm going to save some of it because I can't just be mean to Patrick this whole episode. Okay. I'm never, I'm not like outwardly mean to you ever, but you keep like blowing up this bubble and I just keep pressing it and fucking destroying it. And I just feel like you need to watch a little more and I'll try to do my best. All right. All right. All right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. So now we, we got to talk about the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Into the Mormonism we go. We saw that coming, right? With yeah. 15,000 kids. And Mark is like, we believe that we're living in the last days. Could be tomorrow, could be next century. To which I say, Mark, aren't we all living in the last days if it could be today, tomorrow, the next century? Is that what all Mormons think? Do all Mormons think like this is the end times? Well, it's all about the celestial kingdom. So the end times are like (laughs) coming. But then, you know, it's Mark's like, we believe in self-reliance. And I'm like, except when it comes to that downline. Am I right, Mark? Right? What's a downline? It's an MLM joke. You'll we'll oh. see. You'll see. Like, you want to be at the top of your downline. Yeah, oh. yeah you want to be at the top and then everyone is below you. That's your downline. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Deanne also comes from a gigantic family. Deanne is the 10th out of 11 children. And she says, I am the 10th child of 11. And my mother birthed all 11 children. Thank you so much for that visual, Deanne. <laughs> Oh, her mother found out that she was expecting twins at 44 years old. After having nine children. That's wild. Yeah. And she she named them Diane and Deanne, to which Deanne says, my mother was not very beat creative. And then they dressed alike all through high school. I know you're going to have a problem with this. I know you hate this. <laughs> well, I just hate it for them. Like, I just I think that being a twin, it doesn't mean that that's your whole identity. Like, I, I just, I, like, if that were me, I would feel so stifled. Yeah. You know? Of course. And know. their maiden name was Startup. They show us Good the yearbook photo to prove grief. it. <laughs> I mean, good grief. And so Mark also came from entrepreneurs. He never even considered having a job. Uh, no. Boss or bust. I understand what he's saying. He's saying that, like, I never wanted to work for someone else and have someone else, like, tell me what to do and shape what I believed in and whatever. I get that. I, you got to start somewhere, but I, I understand what you're saying, Mark. Yeah, because he says, like, he said that his dad always taught him. There's only one thing worse than being flat broke, and that's knowing I'm going to make $412 a week for the rest of my life. And then Mark starts to cry and he is so like this stupid, like fake macho bullshit. He's like, sorry, I didn't know that would get an emotion out of me. You can't even say it. You have to just say an emotion. But it's also like, that's a really shitty thing to say because the whole thing of like, live your dreams, follow your passion. That is all of that fucking comes from privilege. Some people just have to have the job where they make $412 a month. We aren't all able to rise above our circumstances. Some people just have to feed their fucking families. Like it is such a narrow minded thing to say that out loud. And like, I think, yeah. good for you. But like, there are plenty of people for whom that is not an option you know but the thing is like they don't believe that so they guilt these women like Uh if you're failing you're not trying hard enough like what is your problem Uh and it's like so toxic so anyway Deanne tells this ridiculous story that never happened she tells (laughs) the story to work of fiction honestly that her mother booked this great catering gig right this story I knew I wrote down Jillian's gonna say this never happened I believe you never ever 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 
happen. And it also doesn't do what Deanne wants it to do. It's uh-huh. a mess. Let's begin. So Deanne's mother booked this great catering gig. She makes like $3,000, right? Yeah. It's a ton of money. So the mother, according to Deanne, and she says she was like, this is my vision, okay? What I remember. This is my vision, okay? It's what I remember. And I'm like, thanks for telling us it's a lie. The mother goes right to the bank and says, I want my three grand in $5 bills. If true, that is so annoying to do to the bank teller. Number one. The mother comes home yes. again, Deanne's memory, with a bag full of money. And she said, come quick, come quick, come, come quick. Everybody come and go to the bottom of the stairs. My mom's got something to share with you. Come quick, everyone, to the bottom of the stairs. Mommy's got something to share with you. The mom has the kids line up at the bottom of the stairs. This never happened. She starts throwing the money down over the banister and encouraging them to fight for the cash that she's throwing down at them. Pick it all up. It's yours. Mommy did this for you. We're going to go shopping and we're going to get ice cream. And I'm just like, this story is not cute or charming or like motivating, Deanne. It's not doing anything you wanted to do. And it also never happened. It's horrifying. Because she also says it, it was meant to show them that working hard meant you'd make a lot of money. And I said, how is that showing you that? How is that showing you that working hard? She didn't say mommy started a business that she loves. And today we booked a big client and here's how we did it. And here's the money that we got. Like she's just throwing money at her children if the story is true. And encouraging them to fight over it. Like, what? Like, it's horrifying. And it never happened. Not since that hockey documentary where, like, the guys would come in and throw 10 grand and the shirtless men would fight over the cash after the game if they won. Please. Please. Oh, oh, and in this reenactment, we have like this lady walking down the stairs in a black ball gown with black elbow length gloves in this like flashy diamond ring. And it's like, wait, did you grow up in squalor? Did you not, Deanne? Like what? (laughs) So now we're in 1988. So Deanne says 1988, she married young. She got pregnant young. She says, being a mother, I knew I wanted my kids to look great. To which I say, you also wanted like love and safety and like an education and food and shelter, like all that too. And if they happen to look great. Yeah, she wanted nice stuff. They couldn't afford it. So she wanted to be the kind of person that would like would earn it. So she went to a swap meet, which again, we only know of from like the Tammy Faye documentary. I don't even know what that is. Which is wrong. We were, I was like, I can't believe they're like sharing old makeup. No, it's just like the term is kind of a misnomer. It's just like a flea market, basically. Oh. Because when I hear swap meet, I'm like, Tammy Faye would say she'd get all her makeup at a swap meet. And I'm like, that is so yeah. unsanitary. Like you're going right. to get conjunctivitis. But then right. I was corrected. Uh, It is not, you're not swapping things. I'm sure maybe you could, but not makeup. So she finds all these like designer dresses that would normally be a hundred bucks. She finds them for $10. So she buys four and she's looking around and she's like shocked that nobody else is like scooping up these fancy dresses. So she says again, did this happen the way she says, who knows? So I thought, I wonder if I do a party for him. I would invite all my friends and I do it at my house, show some dresses and people come shop, buy it and go. I think we sold like 300 dresses. The guys that I bought dresses from, they were shocked. He said, okay, Deanne, if you can book dress parties, I'm going to give you the profit to all these dresses. The guy from the swap meet is like, what, what, what? Like, you're a genius. And he says to her like, okay, Deanne, I'm going to let you sell these dresses and you keep every penny of the profit and I'm going to let you start your own business. Let me tell you something. Pay attention to the way Deanne speaks. Everything just happens to her. This guy allows her to sell the thing. I'm going to let you start your own business. Those are her words. Like uh-huh. this passive voice is very odd. And this also never, like, what are you talking about? Why would this guy say, why don't you take all of my inventory, take it with 
my compliments. <laughs> Sell it all. Happy uh-huh. dress party. Good night. Good luck. God bless. Merry Christmas. Like, what? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But she says that, like, she wants to do this dress party thing. She wants to make it work. She says she's, like, booking, like, pop-up dress. So, oh, my God. Julian, I'm just having a realization. Am I right? Well, she's taking what happened with LuLaRoe. Did I say it right? Yeah, but who cares? Okay. She's taking what happened with LuLaRoe, and she's building backwards to make a mythology. Oh, my God. I'm just realizing that. Yeah, because she's a girl boss. Oh, I hate that term. <laughs> but that you're exactly right. She's she's working her way she's backwards. She's working back- to make herself a saint and she's not a saint or to give her like an interesting backstory so she says that she's booking these pop-up parties or whatever she's saying she could do four pop-up events a day where they'd be an hour and a half long she did do them in Arizona in Utah and Vegas so she would do 15 parties in three weeks in three states and then she's like I knew that I had a goal of how many pieces I needed to sell because I'm not a numbers person but by darn I know what's in that bank account I brought home about $40,000 cash profit. And I did that for about 27 years. I did that all by myself for 27 years. And then 27 years into this gig or whatever, one day her daughter's like, Mom, she wants a maxi skirt. She asks her mom Wait to make second. her a maxi Everyone skirt. Everyone slow down. What the fuck is a maxi skirt? It's one of those skirts that's long all the way down to the ground. Oh, why do people want those? I don't know. It's okay. not really my style. <laughs> okay. I've never seen anyone wear that ever in my life. Yes, you you have. It's like, it's just a skirt. It's like a long, like flowy skirt that is supposedly very very comfortable. Okay, great. Can I like, wear one? Sure. But they have like okay, maxi great. dresses, like the dresses uh-huh. that just go straight like all the way down, like a maxi skirt like goes all the uh-huh. way down. There's an excellent chance I'm wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> but like once again, all of a sudden she was cutting skirts on the kitchen counter. Right. Then she's like, she's selling dresses. Again, where do the dresses come from? With the maxi right. skirts. And she goes, within five months she sold 20,000 maxi skirts. Is she making 20,000 skirts? I don't know, but I have a note here that says, I gotta tell you, I'm loving this story so far. I hate it. <laughs> You're right because it's like, where on earth would she make 20,000 dresses by hand by herself? Like, you need on a her production kitchen counter? Because right. then Mark's like, you know, I gotta tell you, we would just start buying random fabrics. The end would call me on my way home from work, pick up a fabric and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, so right. she's making them all? I don't 20, understand. in four months, right? Yeah. You know, talking it through with you really is more eye opening than just watching it on my I'm own. happy to help. <laughs> And this is free of charge. Like, don't even yeah. worry about it. Like, this is just with my compliments. But I'm telling you, I would still be great at selling them. That's all I'm I saying. don't think you would. That's the pro- I don't want you to be so good at something that's so shitty. I think I that's where it's coming from. So then Mark's like. While she was out selling them, I started helping her get production done. And that was how I kind of started into the business with her. She invited me to, to get involved with it. I'm not sure if she invited me or if I just pushed my way in. But regardless. Maybe I pushed my way in regardless. And I'm like, Mark. Right. You're showing your true colors here, big time. And then Deanne goes, do we get into fights? We do, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. She's like, I love it because we have so much passion. That's the fight and the passion. And I'm like, don't do this. Don't do this. You're in a toxic relationship. She goes, there's a lot of times I hate him. I don't even like him. And Mark goes, there's a lot of times I hate him. I don't like him. <laughs> but you know what? A they- lot? Wait a minute. Let's clarify <laughs> that. A lot? We're going well, with a lot now? When it happens. <laughs> yeah. Wait, a lot? <laughs> And she goes, well, anyway. 
So it's 2012, and we get the backstory on, like, how the pyramid scheme started. And this is where we meet Brittany Hunter in Utah. Yeah, Deanne just meets her. I don't know where they meet, but they meet. And Brittany's like, I have 10 friends, and they've heard all this buzz about these amazing skirts. And my 10 friends want me to come to you to pick out 10 skirts for them. And I'm like, I'm going to pick out. Because Brittany, Brittany calls her, so she's on the phone with Deanne. Right, but, like, I'll pick out my own skirt, Brittany. Right. Brittany is saying her friends are asking her to be the middle person between them and Deanne. Like, out of the blue? I don't get it. The point is, Deanne is saying, she calls Mark, and she's like, this young woman is looking at me and saying, I love your work. My friends loved my skirt that I bought from you, and they all want one, so I want to get them for them. And she says to Mark, how can I make this profitable for Brittany? And he says to Deanne, you sell them to her for this, and she gets to make double the amount of money. She picked out 20 skirts. I said, Brittany, I'm going to let you buy them for this much. She did the math in her head, and it was instant cash and an instant opportunity. You sell her the dresses at wholesale and let her sell them to her friends at a markup. What is illegal about this? Nothing. Yet. Okay. <laughs> because they're saying Deanna's like, I'm making money. She can make double the money. Like, Deanna's saying, like, I see a business model here. Right. And the thing, like, this is where it gets really vague. Because she's like, how can I make this valuable to her? And she's like, well, he's the man. So he did the math in his head. I'm just a girl boss. I don't know anything. And everything is very, like, sell them to her for X. And then she can make double. Like, what are the numbers here? I would uh-huh. be more interested to hear, like, what you were promising her. Because then she's like, all right, Brittany. Again, that voice. I'm going to let you buy these for this much and we don't know what this much is well we eventually find out that they're buying them for $10 and selling them for $25 yeah and then Deanne's like well then Brittany did the math in her head and at first I thought she was a witch because what kind of woman can do math but she just realized it was instant cash and an instant opportunity so by the next year LuLaRoe LLC is formed and Brittany was the first retailer yeah and like this is where you get more of like the bullshit like mythology about like how a company was made because Mark is saying like when we quit saying, how do I get what I need? And the conversation started with, how do we help others make money? That's where the business started. That's where the growth came from. Some fucking PR asshole told you that. That's the line they cooked up for you to say, like, this isn't about us making money. This is about helping the community. And it's bullshit. Right. So now we meet Jill, the journalist. And she explains MLMs to us. And they're also known as direct sales. And she says, you start with a very small number at the top. And then you recruit below. And those people sell goods for a commission. Then the commission goes up the downline. Right. We know this. We've covered this a hundred times. Like, we know how, like, pyramid schemes work. Yeah, the graphic is a pyramid. On the screen as they're showing right. it, like the graphic is yeah. literally a pyramid. And Robert Fitzpatrick is an oh MLM God. expert. And he's like, officially, MLMs operate as income opportunity based on selling products, like Tupperware parties, which, if I may, sounds like a terrible party. But he also says, one person recruiting a multiple of other people and getting some of the money that they put in, they in turn each will need a multiple of people. So the number of people involved keeps increasing exponentially. You, you can only go about 13 levels and you pass the population of the human race on Earth. These are doomed to fail every time and you can only go as far your da- like the downline as like level 13 because then you've reached every single human on the face of the planet. The only way to make money is being Deanne or Brittany. Like the, t- yes. the first three to five people in one of these things. Or Sarah from The Vow. You know what I mean? Like that's she got in early. That's early. why she made so much money. Yeah. 100%. Because what Robert, our expert, says what's really being sold is the unlimited opportunity. So it's this right. like you're 
just dangling the carrot and have them chasing the dragon the entire time, knowing full well that only like the first few of you are actually going to make any money. But this is why I'm saying to Deanne and Mark, why did you have to do it? Because eventually what makes it a pyramid scheme is that people have to buy in, right? So that's what makes it a pyramid scheme. And I'm saying, why did it have to become that? Why couldn't it just be a wholesaler? Like that's for me the thing about this that isn't illegal. When Deanne is saying, I sold it to her for 10 and let her sell it for 25 and Deanne's making money on volume and the other girl is making money on markup, that's just wholesaling. So I don't understand why this had to go another way. Like Deanna Mark, you still could have been fucking rich. Why did you have to do it where you change it to a thing where people had to like buy in at the $5,000 mark? That doesn't make any sense to me. And it's also, you're absolutely right. And what it's also is, it's the recruiting because you now, part of the whole gig is getting other people involved below you in the downline. So you get the money that the new people and up and up it goes, right? I just want to say for the record one more time, we could have stopped at wholesaling. You know what I mean? Deanna Mark, you still would have made fucking so much. People loved your product. I I don't understand why why you had to ruin it for me, Deanne and Mark. I also don't understand why people love the product, but we'll get there. (laughs) This documentary includes footage from the depositions of 2019. And like the footage is interspersed throughout and the editing is chef's kiss because Mark and Deanne will say one thing to Amazon. She she did an actual chef's kiss. It's amazing. (laughs) Not a visual medium, unfortunately, but hopefully it comes through. Because Mark and Deanne will say one thing to Amazon sitting down and then it'll cut to a totally different story in the deposition. Yes. For example, Mark is being asked this made me crazy I don't know if you even picked up on this but it made me nuts with the thing with the paperclip yes oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark is being asked a question and he's fiddling with the paperwork and reclipping this big paperclip and it is so smug and it is so uh-huh. annoying and he won't answer the question until he finishes fixing the paperclip so there's uh-huh. this long pause as he's smugly like fiddling with the paperclip and it made my blood temperature rise I hated it when did you first learn what an MLM was Probably in about uh, 1982. It is really fucking bad. They're asking him, like, when did you learn about MLMs? And he, he finally says in, like, ne- 1982 or actually before that because his parents were distributors in Amway. Now, do you know the thing about Amway? I mean, it was in another documentary that we covered. Like, that's as much as I know about it. Amway is, like, super religious. Like, the videos oh. that they show, it looks like a sermon in a mega church. And so Amway funds, like, Christian conservatives and politics. And do you know who founded Amway? Richard DeVos, who's Betsy DeVos's father. Oh, yes, of course, of course. I knew the DeVosses were Amway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, It should terrify and infuriate you. It's very well known, yeah. And how it's involved in politics and like the Christian right. It's really like, it should scare you. Yes. But the point is like Amway started this whole thing about turning the salesperson into the customer and vice versa. So like you get the salespeople to buy into it, like you were saying, and then try to sell it. And they're telling us that like in the last decade, there's been this huge explosion of these and that it's everywhere on social media. Girl, there's like five people on my friends list that like do this shit. Not Amway, not one you've heard of, but it's all like essential oils or like face creams or whatever. And I gotta tell you, I watch every last one of the videos. I'm obsessed. Yeah, it's, hey mama, like it's that whole girl boss vibe, (laughs) which makes me crazy. Yes, But it's all directed at women, so it's like beach body. Hey mama. It's all like, hey lady. Hey lady, do you want to make some extra income? I'm good. Totally good. Don't worry about it. Are you shocked that like no one's trying to get me to join their MLM. No one has asked no. me to sell leggings. Like they kind of know the vibe I'm putting <laughs> right. out there. I'm not interested in your leggings. But Ashley, uh, Ashley Lautaha is super interested in leggings. Ashley, she's also 
super interested in making sure she is camera ready. Ashley is single and ready to mingle, girl. Do I look good? I'm still single, okay? So I cannot be commemorated in any way other than gorgeous. That's all I'm saying. I'm still single. I cannot be commemorated in any other way than gorgeous. I don't think that's the right use of the word commemorated, but okay, Ashley. It's not. <laughs> Ashley, again, I have some questions. What do you know? And when did you know? I know. So, I know. So she started in 2013. Ashley's the third retailer to join the company. So Ashley made a ton of money. Yeah. At the time she was married and her husband, they were stationed in Washington with the army. And that's where like Lou LaRoe fell into her lap. She's got tons of time. She wants to be home with her kids. It's an opportunity to make some quick cash. This is also bizarre. This is why I would never do any of these things because she's like scrolling Instagram or whatever. She sees a friend of hers wearing this quote, great maxi skirt, but there was nowhere to buy it online. Like she couldn't buy it online anywhere. So she calls the company to say, hey, I want to buy this. Like, what do you have a website like do you have a catalog whatever the next thing she knows Ashley being very proactive also when you find something you love online look the amount of hours and days I've spent trying to find like that perfect thing in the size because I found it once and I tracked it down or whatever like Uh I get it I totally Uh get it (laughs) but the next thing she knows Deanne has flown to Washington to meet Ashley in person about this quote really great opportunity all she wanted was a skirt can you imagine and some stranger is flying across the country there's gotta be more to that conversation because Ashley's like I was pregnant I had two kids I just graduated from college and like I wanted to stay home and I wanted like they they must have been on like a Skype or whatever because Deanne must have seen something in her that was like you and she was right I mean like Ashley ends up being great for the company yeah so Deanne sees dollar signs and she decides to take advantage I mean uh, pitch Ashley this wonderful opportunity (laughs) and Ashley did it like Ashley was just like and we would put them in like big Tupperware bins I would put them in the back of my SUV and take them to people houses. There are lots of women who still remember me lugging those Tupperware bins around and just being like, what is this thing that you're doing? Like, okay, I'll buy a maxi skirt. This is where I see myself in this because she's like, you know, you would like do these house parties and sometimes you get there and like the lady of the house would be like, I want to do this on the third floor and you'd have to drag a thousand pounds worth of like skirts. Up the- I could totally see myself doing that if I'm like, I'm going to pull this shit out. I know how to sell it. She said she never left a party that she didn't sell at least a couple of things. She's making money hand over fist. Like for Ashley, it's totally working. And she says something that I think is very important. She says a lot of us who joined in the very beginning were of the belief that success Success is the best recruiting tool, right? Success is the best recruiting tool. So that's like sort of the birth of Instagram life versus real life because women see these women online promoting this incredible life and the only way to do that is through these leggings. And so they see this world and this life that they want in the house and the cars and they're like, through leggings, sign me up. And Deanne is like giving us advice on the best way to make the best pop-up. She's like, you gotta have music playing. It's gotta be fun. Never do refreshments. These girls are always on diets. Yeah, they never wanna eat. First of all, speak for yourself. Uh, also, right. you know what makes people want to buy more of your stupid, ugly shit? Right. Booze. That opens up totally. wallets faster than you think, but they're Mormons, so they can't drink. But right. it's all about like meeting women, getting them together, getting them excited, getting them to also sell skirts. Like, can't they just buy a fucking skirt? Like, I it know. instantly feels like they're trying to trick these people into something. Like, they're trying to convince them of something. If I'm going into a store because I want to buy something, that's all I want to do. Don't try to convince me that now, like, I have to now sell the skirt that I'm buying can I just buy the stupid ugly skirt and be on my way like I just don't get it like this whole 
know. join the movement. I don't want to join the movement. I want to buy a skirt and I want to go home. It's so weird. Like, isn't that weird? If you really think about it, like you're just trying to buy something and now you have to also sell it. It's so odd. But can I tell you, though, how many times in my like younger life I Googled, how can I make money working from home? Job working from home, right. working from yeah. home. Like, this is the promise that everybody who like doesn't want to have a traditional job or wants to like be at home with their kids. This is like the job that everybody wants, you know, right. and everyone just wants to believe it. That's the other thing. Well, right. Especially when it's like, here I am in my new Lexus, just telling you yeah. about these new leggings. And when you see it, seeing is believing, right? Totally. So Ashley meets a woman named Lindsay Wheeler. She met at a booth at one of the pop-ups. Lindsay buys some of the product and like is immediately hooked. She calls Ashley. She's like, I want to join the company, but I don't want to step on your toes. And Ashley's like, the more the merrier, girl. Yeah. And so this is where we get more to like the whole like social media aspect of the recruiting because they're all yeah. telling us like, LuLaRoe promised women, if you're unwilling to invest enough of your time, energy, effort, and money, you will get this great payout. If you're willing to invest your time, effort, and money, you will make a ton of money and be successful. And that goes back to exactly what you were saying before. That's the privilege of it. Sometimes that can't be your life. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, Deanne keeps popping in and saying, like, I would meet all these young retailers who really wanted to do this. And I was like, let's do it together. And I believe that, like, Deanne would want, I don't believe people set out to be evil, you know? And I'm like, yeah. did she just find herself in an MLM by accident? I don't believe that she set out to take it advantage of people. I just don't believe it. Because I think she wasn't talking to women who were like broken down on their luck. Because an example she uses is the first retailers. They just kind of said, well, my husband and I just built a beautiful home, but I want all new furniture. There's no money for that. And so, man, they started hustling. That is very different than the women that come along later down the line and realize I can't make rent, I can't feed my family, but I can do this from home. Those are two very different women. Because the difference is, and I have it right here, this is where she's saying like, I just make it real simple and easy, pay us $10 a skirt, sell them for 25. So you get $15 a piece profit. That's just wholesaling. And then eventually there becomes the $5,000 startup buy-in and that's what it all changes. And they don't say it here, but my guess is that like Deanne actually wasn't making enough money selling them for $10 a skirt. And so in order to keep the company afloat, she had to do that sort of buy-in thing. So it was a guaranteed windfall every time. I'm assuming that like if Deanne could have kept wholesaling, she probably would have, but she right. wasn't making enough. You know what I mean? Well, let's get to 2014 because now leggings have been added to the product line and that's why we're all here i was like i was promised leggings why am i talking about maxi skirts are they or are they not the ugliest patterns you've ever seen please girl <laughs> i don't understand any of this like i really don't i don't understand leggings in general i don't know why anybody would ever wear those i mean i didn't leave my home so i'm wearing them now but i'm wearing I mean, like fine but like i've never understood the leggings thing also every pair of leggings i own is black okay <laughs> but these women all of these women are just like they're talking about these leggings they're the best things I've literally ever felt in my life. I got a black pair of leggings and they were thick and they were soft and I was like, these are amazing pants. I love them. It did feel buttery soft. The material was super stretchy. It was perfectly fitted to anybody's body and I just, I fell in love. Buttery soft. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, my God. And when I say ugly, 
Oh, and, uh, and we'll get into we'll get into it that it was almost like the point to make them as ugly as possible. But this is where we meet Roberta. Roberta ha- is the one with the podcast. Roberta is like a major, major, major player in this. Wait, Roberta has a podcast about Lularoe. Lularoe, what's it called? Lularoe. But yeah, it's yeah. like leaving the MLM cult, and her friend Sarah Edmondson was just on, or she was on a little bit culty or something. <laughs> Please. And now, like, we meet this woman, Lauren, and Lauren is explaining this to her friends, saying, like, isn't this wonderful? I'm going to be a zillionaire and I work from home. And the friends are like, Lauren, girl. Well, what's the catch? And I'm going, well, I don't think there is one. I mean, you own the inventory. That's not like any other business. People can feel it. They come over. They see it. There's, you know, pricing. They pay right there. I mean, it's literally a store in your own home. There is no catch. They're saying that, like, this business is different from these other MLMs because, like, when it's Mary Kay, you're all selling the same makeup, right? But with this, it's like, we actually were all selling different things. Like, we would pick the stuff that we liked. And so if one of our customers was like, oh, I I want that, but I can't get it from you, you'd be like, oh, let me check with my team. Like, it felt like these people were working together, women supporting women, and, like, that's what made it feel different to them. Right. So enter Courtney. It's 2015. LuLaRoe has 500 retailers now. They're growing and growing. Courtney sits down. She immediately needs a cocktail girl same (laughs) and like we're seeing her social media videos and it's just so embarrassing and like I appreciate that she's here and being honest about it but it's very like so this is part two well that's a gang sign part two that's peace out part two Part two. No, that's a gang sign. No, that's a peace sign. Oh, no, God, it's a. I know. They're just trying really hard to seem like perfect and everything's wonderful and they have so much money and it's all about the leggings. And so she says, like, within a year, she reached the highest level at the company. So even though it's 500 retailers, like, she was still in like pretty early on, right? And yeah. she has twins and she joined this twin mom group on Facebook and that's how she yeah. found out about the company. Well, she had been working in corporate America and she's like, I was working in corporate America, rising up up in the ranks. I never really saw my children much because I spent more time at work. I felt like I was missing out on them growing up. And this is what I was saying earlier. It's like everybody with kids who wants to be a stay-at-home parent is like, what's the job where I can work from home and actually make real money? And she said, like, for her, this was it. And so then we see this super culty recruitment video, which is like a horror movie. You are beautiful, amazing, smart, compassionate, confident, free. We are mothers building a community, making a difference through social retail. We are LuLaRoe. We are mothers building a community and making a difference through social retail. Woof. (laughs) And it's all about, like, I'm not invited because I'm not a mother. Like, truly, it's very, like, white mothers with the privilege and the McMansion, and you just need the money for to fill the house that you just built. Like, it's very, very white privilege. But this is where we have the shift, right? Because before now, it was like, you buy them from $10 and you sell them for $25, you make $15 on every pair. Courtney calls the lady in the twins parenting group that she liked the leggings of. And the lady was like, look. And she explained to me that it was a newer company. And if I wanted to join, now was the time. She then told me, well, there is one thing I need to talk to you about. And that's the startup cost. $5,000. 
You got to invest $5,000 for startup costs. And Courtney was already in debt. She was really struggling financially, and she does it anyway. She goes out on her lunch break at the yeah. job she hates, gets a loan, and does it without telling her husband. And then the husband is like, I hate to say it, but he's like, a, the man is kind of the voice of reason. He's like, no company should have you buying into it. Like, that's ridiculous. And Courtney is like me. She's like, well, maybe, except that I'm Courtney, and I'm fucking amazing, and I'm going to do this really well. And she does. <laughs> and she's also like, thanks, honey, but I already gave them all the money, so now I just have to be good at it. Like, <laughs> now, like, she just has to also make that. it all back because yeah. she's already in debt and, oh my God. So Courtney's yeah. like, this is totally different. Like, just let me do this. And it's this whole, like, I've spoken about this before. This whole thing, like, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. Uh-huh. Fuck that. Fuck that. That's not what yeah. this is. It's like, if you're passionate about the brand, then it's not really work. Yes, it is. Yes, That's so is. dangerous to say. You guys, like, Julian and I are two people who fucking love our jobs. Like, we could not love our jobs anymore. Yeah. It is still stressful, high stakes. It's almost 7 o'clock right now. I haven't seen my kid all day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. that that whole idea, the whole bullshit. Like, I have the greatest job in the world for me. There is no job I would rather have in the world. It's still hard. Right. Because it's work still. And, like, the reason yes. we get to do it all the time is because we work really hard at it. So, like, yeah. this idea of you're only failing because you're not working hard enough is also right. incredibly toxic, too. Because, like, this business model is not built for universal success. Now I have an MBA. I'm just saying, like, you're only successful if you're at the top. So to tell yeah. them that it's all up to you and you're only failing because it's something you're doing and, like, you don't have what it takes, that is super manipulative and toxic. And it's not pumping women up. It's knocking them down. And it's specifically they're targeting the stay-at-home mom crowd. Because he's saying, Mike is saying, like, if you want to create an incredible wealth, identify an underutilized resource. And you know what? There is an underutilized resource of stay-at-home moms, and they have chosen to be a mother. And if you make that choice, you pay a price career-wise in our country right now. He's like doing this whole like women empowerment thing, but then turning around and saying to them, I want your $5,000. And if you're not making the money back, it's because you're not working hard enough. Right. And like, go cry about it. Like, really? He says right. it in like really rude ways. So, you know, yeah. speaking of kids, uh, Lula Rowe is growing and growing. They have yeah. thousands of retailers. They need to make this a real company. So, nothing says company like fucking nepotism. They go to right. all of their zillions of kids first. <laughs> Instead of hiring people who know what they're doing, they give yeah. all 14 of their kids a job. Like, no one knew except. No one knew how to run a business. They just hired them. It's a family of Patrick Heinz's. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's why you'd be so good at this. But like, we're, not a Steve in sight who knows how to organize anything. No. Like, no, Steve. And like, and also, though, however, no one's going to ask any questions if they're all like right. just happy to have a job from their parents. Not only are they happy, they're sobbing. They're so grateful. They asked for our help. They wanted us to be a part of something that... They were seeing success in. They didn't want it for themselves. They wanted to make sure that we were taken care of. They weren't selfish. They were doing it for, it's, it's all insane. It's insane. That kid crying about how great nepotism is. Like, do you <laughs> fucking hear yourself? <laughs> and I said, I would hate him except for the steel blue pain Lindsay eyes. But he's also crying. He's like, you know what's so great about my parents? Their exit strategy is death. Okay. <laughs> like, they're going to die here working. Like, yes. not the yes. heartwarming story you think it is. No. But enter, wait, we're not done, everybody. Buddy, because Sam's here. Sam yeah. is Deanne's nephew. He has a hole in his pants. He hopes that's okay. His wife picked out his outfit. Do I look okay? I have a little bit of a hole in my pants. What's that? I love that orange underneath. Oh, yeah. My wife picked it out for, for you guys. 
You came to an interview where you're going to be sitting crotch first with a fucking hole in your pants, Sam? Like manspreading and mansplaining for days. So (laughs) Sam wants everyone to know he's always been an entertainer or a showman, as he says. (laughs) Yes. And then we see a video of him in like high school jazz choir really feeling the music. He's singing Bridge Over Troubled Water. This dramatic (laughs) mic work. He's like. I always kind of was a little bit of a showman growing up. I will lead your like accepting the applause rolling over him. Sam's got this amazing story to tell because he was hired to like run the events division or whatever. No experience whatsoever. He's the first one to say it. He's like, I'm her nephew. Like that's the only reason I got this gig. I had no idea what I was doing. None at all. But at one of the first events he's got to arrange, Deanne is getting this like big award from who? I guess they're giving themselves awards now. Very Scientology. (laughs) Very Nexium. It's exactly. And so he really wants to do it up and hire somebody that these like young women who are the retailers will love. You guys, they go right to Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez, who, the shade, Sam's like, It worked out perfect to get Mario Lopez. He was available. He was way under budget. Mario Lopez had nothing to do, and we got him for a song. And I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) Can I tell you, Mario Lopez is the busiest man in fucking Hollywood. When I was making the Abducted in Plain Sight podcast with Sky, we were invited to go on Access Hollywood. So I go out to LA with Sky. We get a, like, I literally a 90 second segment, but they wanted us there like four hours early. Mario Lopez was there the entire time. Two cell phones, one in each ear. He would literally do takes with his cell phones behind his back, and then they call cut, and he put the cell phones back up and walk out the back door. Mario Lopez also would not put his weights back at the 50th Street Equinox. He would leave his weights all over the gym and they'd yell at him about it. That body, though. Hey, Slater, put those weights back. Um, (laughs) They'd yell. But all he had to do, it's also the easiest gig in the world. All he had to do was stand there in front of the step and repeat and let these women take pictures of him. That's all he did. And then what happened was they would take pictures with Mario Lopez, put them all over social media. And by the end of the week, according to Sam, 11,000 people wanted to join all to hang out with AC Slater. That's it. That's all they wanted. And Sam has inflated the numbers because we actually see the number. Like, they at no point, I don't think, had 11,000 retailers. But but I get your point, Sam. Well, hold tight. This thing explodes. Oh, really? Yes. By 2016, LuLaRoe made over 70 million dollars and expanded to this new like fancy office right and Sam's like I know it sounds great and I'm like Sam it doesn't but he's like it's kind of like it was like flying a plane while you're still building the plane and you don't even know how all the pieces of the plane work and you've never flown a plane you're not even a pilot just say it's chaos down here, Tom. Just say exactly. that. Exactly. Mike calls it as catastrophic growth. It's like there's oh, there's no place for this to go but crashing, crashing what? down. <laughs> it's the only place for it to go. Like there's no way all these women, these like millennials dancing to sync with Mario Lopez. It's like what? with the ugly leggings. It's too much. It's not sustainable no. in any sense. Hey fam, thanks for checking out episode one of our coverage of Lula Rich. All four episodes are available right now and ad-free on our Patreon feed. That's where you can also find over 300 ad-free bonus episodes covering everything, including The Jinx, Serial, Tiger King, Making a Murderer, All Be Gone in the Dark, Night Stalker, and so many more. Just go to patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed or go to our website and click on the Patreon link. And we love you. Okay, bye-bye. 